0: 802 on a Friday, Caliente Friday here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. This kind of has a Hawaii 5-0 type feel to it, the old theme song. Woodley loves
1: Hawaii, so that fits perfectly.
0: Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and Ingle Magazine is going to join us in a moment here. I'm telling you, man, what an unexpected gem unlicensed music has become. I kind of like this. Giving us more material than licensed music. It does. I don't even listen to licensed music anymore. Sounds like a terrible 70s game show. There, okay, so it definitely has game show vibes, but Jason's right. It also has a bit of a Hawaii 5 vibe. Yep. Can we m- amalgamate the two? Is there some sort of Polynesian-themed game show that we can come up with? You win pineapples and Lay's, maybe even a trip. I don't know. <laughs> just workshopping things here. Just throwing things out into the ether. Hal- Halford and Brev of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we are also brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate a- appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. To the phone lines we go. Kevin Woodley, NHL.com, in goal magazine, here on the Halford and Brev Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Kev?
2: I don't know, like. Uh... <sighs> I appreciate the music, but I didn't think anything could make me miss the days of being brought to you by erectile dysfunction companies and Morning Wood, but uh, that soundtrack might.
0: I know. We never really – we had a thing. We had a thing going with the Morning Wood and Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and the Boeing and everything, but it just it never materialized here. I don't know. I, I, and leave
2: me, believe me, at the rink, I heard a lot about that. I heard about it all the time. <laughs> See, it was good. <laughs>
0: Okay, um, we want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks specifically as it pertains to not goaltending, but the blue line. We've had this conversation for the last few days now, and it just keeps getting murkier and murkier, and we keep coming up with different theories and ideas, in large part because we've seen a preseason where the pairings have switched up a lot, the injury bug is hit, we're not really sure who's going to play where or what's going to happen. Also, this team starts on a five-game road trip where... You know, theoretically, and in, in NHL history, you kind of want to go with an extra guy or two just in case injuries hit or an effective play happens or what have you. Do you have a good handle on how this blue line is going to look or what it's going to look like, or are you just as confused as we are? I am just as
2: confused as you are, and and I think this was one of the things that you know, certainly I wasn't the only one that, that that we said early, like the the Hughes experiment, as much as we understood it. In terms of loading up the pairing, it was what it did to your left side uh, and the depth chart that you know left you with, to me, more questions than answers, frankly. And I think even through the preseason, we see that. Yeah, they get their first win the other night. But, hey, listen, like, yeah, we're not talking goaltending, but goaltending and what goes on in front of them is hand-in-hand, right? And, and again, like, it's not just the pairings. It's the type of chances they're giving up, like everything off the rush, second chances in the home plate area in front of the net, like there are, are concerns here, even though even though they won the other night, breakaways, two-on-ones, guys unchecked in the high slot, not even guys that are necessarily hard players that, you know, dominate that area traditionally, like when you're giving up those looks to Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the slot, that's problematic. Um, so yeah, I think there are as many questions as answers, and because of, you know, the early in the preseason, it was Hughes on the right side, like I, I don't, I'm not sure which way they go. I mean, they have options. That's for sure. I don't know that they have a lot of good ones right now. And, um, you know, I, I almost wonder if everything just goes back to how it was last year. But, if you know, if Tyler Myers is healthy enough, um, do you just see Myers and OEL and go back to what worked before and, and Shen and Hughes, as much as that leaves you with Luke Shen playing top four minutes, at least it worked. Because uh, I don't know that what we've seen in terms of the other experimentations I don't know that you can argue that those have really worked.
3: Yeah. And, and when you're trying to drill down your structure and, and you're trying to be, um, you know, ha- have your systems in place, it, it has to hurt a little bit, doesn't it? To just constantly have different pairings.
2: I would think so, right? Like, I would think so. And again, I don't. They've got time still. Like, this. You know, a lot of that work and a lot of that systems work, you know, the execution comes in games, but you can, as you say, drill down through practices. Um, we've just got the one more exhibition game, but with, without healthy bodies and, and depending on when Myers is back, um, whether that limits your ability to, you know, again, to just even go back to what you know, because there, you know, there is at least familiarity among the way they ran things out last year. Like, I don't say it's like riding a bike, but it's certainly a lot more... Uh, like riding a bike than completely mixing it up and playing with someone you've never played with. And so I think you sort of have that in your back pocket as something you can go back to. But again, even only, only if everyone's healthy. And, you know, at this point, uh, we'll see what they what they roll out at Morning Skate today. Um, but I didn't see Myers on the, you know, the lineup card that they tweeted out last night. Um, you know, it, it's going to be more experimentation tonight and more mixing and matching tonight. And, you know, arguably more questions than answers, even as we end the preseason uh, after tonight. Uh,
3: what have you seen from Spencer Martin in the preseason? Have you seen enough to say he looks fine or I'm still comfortable with him <clears throat> as the Canucks backup? up? Uh, the Canucks start with five straight games on the road. One of them, or two of them, are back-to-back. So we're going to see Spencer Martin early on in this regular season.
2: Yeah, no, I like I'm com- like obviously they're probably more like it's easy to look and say, Oh, four goals, not good. Um, but you take a look at the the types of goals. Um, you know, I mean, McDavid with speed on a breakaway, do you end up a little deeper than maybe you like by the time he gets his release off? Yeah, maybe, but uh it's McDavid with speed, walking around your best defenseman. Uh the the two on one on the back door, again, you have to honor because it's McDavid carrying the puck. You can't cheat that backdoor pass in any way, shape or form. Uh, the Hyman shorthanded breakaway. Not only is it a shorthanded breakaway for starters, which is a pretty dangerous chance, but the way that puck goes in, the, the way it comes off this stick, like there's just no way to read that. So, um, you know, caught moving a little bit on on the Nugent Hopkins one, uh, trying to find that puck through traffic, but I just looked more at movements and patterns uh, hitting his spots, and, and frankly, I didn't mind it. I didn't think there was anything there that had had alarm bells going off. Like I think he looked a lot more comfortable within the system of how they want their goaltenders to move and play, and you know, risk management is a term that they use in terms of you know, when they're in certain positions to sort of mitigate exposure to bounces and things like that, uh, how they recover into posts when pucks go into the corner. And when I watched him execute all those things, everything looked fine. He looked a lot further along in that department than, say, Colin Delia did, uh, even though he got even less help in Edmonton the night before. So, um, listen, he hasn't been in the job before. There are going to be questions, especially if it starts poorly for this team and for him uh, about his ability, but I, you know, I think we saw in a small sample last year that he's capable, and there's nothing I've seen that's like, it's not like he's gone back to the way he used to play. There's nothing here that concerns me. Um, it's just going to be a matter of consistency and a little bit what happens in front of him, right? Like that's, like you said, we're not talking goaltending in this segment, but any time we talk about defense, we are talking about goaltending because they're directly related.
3: Have you heard anything about the plans for Mikey DiPietro? I'm sure DiPietro would like to be traded to a different organization. Nothing has come up for the Canucks, according to Canucks management, and they have basically said, listen, someone's going to have to go down to the ECHL, and it's probably going to be Mikey DiPietro, but I'm just wondering what his options are right now.
2: Well um so two things one I mean to say that there was no options in the summer I don't think is completely accurate there just weren't any options that you know were worth their time investigating in terms of what they would have gotten back and that's fair right like he's still an asset and if they'd lost say on waivers um then you're going to need him and if we see if we see a repeat and of what happened last year, and I think we all hope that we're past COVID and you know needing 120 goaltenders in the NHL. But as somebody who's got it right now, and has quickly discovered, you know, through friends and family, close to two dozen people that he knows directly or indirectly has it right now, there's still a chance. Like you want to keep your depth chart as deep as it is, possibly can be in goal, and so you're not going to give them away. In terms of his options in the ECHL, I, do, I believe they do have a spot. I know there's not an official affiliation in the coast right now or the ECHL, um, but I believe they do have a goaltender spot. It may even be Kalamazoo, if I'm correct, uh, where they have a spot sort of set aside where they know they can send a guy. Whether it's Mikey is up to him, though, guys. Um, he's, he's not on an entry level. Those are not three-way contracts. You do not automatically get to send a guy who's on an NHL-AHL deal to the ECHL. He can refuse to go. Um, Jordan Bennington did it with the St. Louis Blues. They ended up finding him a spot with the Boston Bruins organization. He spent the whole year there, and then the next year he got called up by St. Louis, and the rest is history. They won a cup. So um, he doesn't have to accept the designation to the ECHL. I don't know that it's in his best interest to refuse it, uh, for a guy who needs to play, and in, in the AHL, if it's behind Dealey, I don't know how much that would happen, so I, I'm not sure, but but he does have options here. Uh, I'm pretty sure he does, so I'm kind of curious to say, see which way this goes. Um, Silov's had a lot of success when he ended up in the ECHL last year, and I think that was a good thing for him because he needed to play. He hadn't played. Uh, my hunch is, though, you're correct, that, that, that Mikey would be the guy that they look to send down, but it's not as automatic as I think a lot of people assume.
0: We're speaking to Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine here on the Hal- <clears throat> excuse me, Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Here's one for you, Kev. Uh, mm. The Vancouver Canucks' toughness, <clears throat> or lack thereof. We talked about this in the aftermath of the 5-4 win over Edmonton the other night. There was a pretty nasty hit from Darnell Nurse on Nils Hoglander, an equally nasty one from Marcus Niemalainen on Elias Pettersson. Boudreaux went out of his way to praise, I believe it was Tanner Pearson, for stepping in to help Pedersen after the third period hit. But Bruff and I started digging a little bit deeper into it, and we're saying, like, in the event that there's pushback needed, and inevitably there will be throughout an NHL season, is it going to be a collective thing, i.e., whoever's on the ice at the time, multiple guys go in and stand up for a teammate? Is there a particular guy how is this going to sort itself out? Because at first glance, at first blush, when you're looking at the roster, there's not really a de facto tough guy that jumps out. Maybe aside from Luke Shen, I'm not really sure if there's anybody.
2: Yeah, and but I'm just top of my head here, and I, I'd be honest, it's a little cloudy these days. But sure. was there anyone last year, Shen, other than Luke Shen? Like, Shen. like is this? I mean, is this new? Is this? Is it as big a problem as we're like? Certainly, it's going to be a problem on some nights, and it's, or it's going to be in the spotlight on some nights. Um, there have been times in the past with this, a group similar to this where the lack of a pushback, lack of a response has been questioned by the market mm-hmm. um, because no one, you know, that pack mentality doesn't sort of um, rise to the surface. We don't see it on the ice. There isn't a pushback. Um, but I, like, we're, you know, we're not we're not in the day and age where you need a nuclear option. I don't think like we're we're not saying go get Ryan, Ree- you know, Ryan Reeves to play in your fourth line for five minutes a night. Um, I don't think, I, I don't know what the, what, you know, what Dakota Joshua is like uh, in that regard. Uh haven't looked up his hockey fights, you know, like uh, history. Uh, I think in one of the preseason games, there was some pushback offered by him. Um, so yeah, it's, I, like it's it, it's a fair question. I don't know that I have the answer, but I don't know that we necessarily always need to look for the answer in terms of do we, is there a nuclear deterrent? No, Which I'm just, I'll just let me just ju- I'll
0: just jump in. Uh, the only yeah. reason I bring it up is that this is the same uh, Jim Rutherford who in Pittsburgh once saw uh, his stars getting pushed around and traded a first-round pick to get Ryan Reeves. So there's I mean I'm and that's factual hard evidence that can't be disputed. And I just wonder that you know given. His history and given the way that he kind of makes these knee-jerk reactions, if it's something missing, maybe they might address it in a very bold fashion. If because, as you said, is there a de facto guy? Well, it could be Shen. Well, he's a defenseman. You don't really want him doing all of the heavy lifting when it comes to face punching because he could spend five minutes at the box. It screws up your order. Yada, yada, yada. That was my line of thinking.
2: And, and maybe that's true, but I think when, when Jim Rutherford came here, we all expected to see Trader Jim and a whole bunch of moves made by down. We haven't seen any of that either, right? So um, it's possible. I, I, I just don't know that I see the same need for it that some people might. But obviously, if one of those people is the president of hockey operations, it's going to change. And you know, I, I certainly this is a group with a lot of skill, uh, a lot of undersized skill. And it could become a problem. Let's leave it at that. Um, and, and you're right. Outside of Luke Shen and, like I said, maybe Dakota Joshua, there isn't a lot of – just like there isn't without Alex Chase there's not there's not a lot of net front presence on this team either, right? Like there are things for all the praise we've thrown at their forward group that are lacking on this roster. And, and it will be interesting to see whether it's face punching or net front, how much they miss those elements as this season goes on.
0: Kev, great stuff as always, bud. Thanks a lot for doing this. We appreciate it. Enjoy the final preseason game tonight and enjoy the start of the regular season. We will do this again in two weeks' time on a Friday.
2: Well, I'm locked in my basement, so I'm going to get to enjoy this final preseason game in glorious 240p on the web <laughs> web broadcast. Really looking forward to seeing every second or third frame of the broadcast.
0: Enjoy the pixels, bud. Have a good one. I will. See ya. That's uh, Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine here on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. We have so many things that we need to do. So many things. Uh, we need to do Ask Us Anythings. We need to do What We Learns. We need to do our NFL Locks of the Week. Oh, yeah. You're on a heater.
3: Yeah, I'm two, two in a row, not to brag. I'm yeah. two and two like everyone else in the NFL.
0: That's good. Um, so we'll do all of that. I think what we'll do is we'll do some What We Learns now. We'll go to break. We'll come back. We'll do our Locks of the Week, and then we'll jump right into Ask Us Anythings.
3: So I'm going to do a What We Learned, kay. and it's thanks to a new article by Thomas Drance and Rick Dollywell at The Athletic. And what I learned is that Dakota Joshua, who we were just talking about, was sent a message by the coaching staff yesterday at practice when he was dropped off a regular line. Mm. And I'm just going to read this last part of the article. Again, you know, save you some money on a subscription. Save you that dollar. Yeah. Uh, Joshua had been on the ice when Darnell Nurse mugged Nils Hoaglander away from the puck, but there wasn't any response After Boudreaux's post-game commentary touched on his willingness to see his players take penalties whenever pushback is required, it was a clear message and an intended one about exactly what the club expects from the tough fourth line forward. Dun-dun-dun. Interesting.
0: Okay, I will readily admit that I did not realize that Joshua was on the ice when Hoaglander got clotheslined by Nurse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we mentioned in the aftermath, Boudreaux going out of his way, and it was Tanner Pearson, correct? Yep. Yeah. Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson. And that was after Elias Peterson was. Peterson got hit. Yep. Pearson when Peterson got hit in the boards, Pearson was there. And there was some I, I classified it as light shoving. But it was a response. And I guess the message to the players, and apparently was crystal clear, was uh, see something, do something. Mm-hmm. So if one of your teammates uh, is getting roughed up or is on the receiving end of a questionable slash dirty hit. If you're out there, it is your responsibility to do something.
3: Uh, if you're interested in all the salary cap complications and roster camp complications that they're going to Canucks are going to have to work out this weekend with injuries thrown into the mix and decisions decisions on whether or not to uh, put these guys on IR or LTI or just have them on the regular roster and have them travel. Uh, Drantz has it all covered. Uh, there is a section about Linus Carlson and Nils Oman, who are expected to play tonight uh, against the Arizona Coyotes in the Canucks' final preseason game. Uh, Linus Carlson sounds like it's still kind of like we don't know if this guy's gonna make the team or not. But according to Uh Dranser and Dollywall. For Nils Oman, there's this is a very drancy uh, way of putting it, there's increasing industry buzz that Oman has done enough to cement himself as Vancouver's opening day fourth-line center. And it should be noted that when the Canucks uh, released their projected roster mm-hmm. yesterday, Jason Dickinson... Was not part of it.
0: I'd be very curious to see what happens with Dickinson before rosters are due. Before you have to have that opening night roster. Yeah. Because I don't know. if Look, you can either send a message or not with some of these moves. For example, the Joshua thing, Like as we kind of unfurl what happened, there was a message being sent. Yeah, sure. So is Dickinson being removed from the lineup in the final dress rehearsal where almost all the other NHL regulars are in, is that a message being sent? You'd have to say maybe. Yeah, There's some definitive analysis for you. You'd have to say maybe. But that's the reality of the situation. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Message sending time. Trying to read between the lines. Trying to figure out what this means and what that means. I don't think it's – put it this way. I don't think it's coincidence that Dickinson is being left out tonight No, and Oman is in.
3: No, not it's at like all. It's like
0: almost one of those like last chance to prove that you're worth it, kid. Here you go. You're going to go in over a guy that's established as an NHLer. Mm-hmm. That would be my read on the situation. Uh, Moo-cow. Ah. A dog, Ladee, you guys sound the same. Yes. Do you have yes. different <laughs> – Do you have what we learned? <laughs> I do.
4: I, okay. I have uh, what we learned about a dog, and it's from a, a dog, so I figured it was appropriate. It really gave me an – I audibly awed yesterday. When I read this, it was very touching. Uh, the Canucks introduced their Canucks pup yesterday, who, of course, we know was a thing. Uh, they started it a couple months back, mm. and they're gonna be, it's going to be training uh, with folks that need him. And uh, the dog is called Rip, after Rick Rippen. I yep. love it. Yep. It's amazing. It is yeah. the best possible name mm-hmm. they could have chosen. It says, Rip is courageous, kind, determined, and supportive. We know he will make a tremendous impact on the life of his new teammate following his training.
0: So I'm reading, this is from the release. Rip will also have teammates of his own. The rest of his litter, who will all be raised as service dogs. They all received hockey and connecting nicknames of their own, though none of them quite resonate as much as Rip. That's a nice story, eh, dog Great story. Is Rip a lab? Is that? Uh,
3: I don't know. Might be a retriever. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to tell. Yeah, Labrador retriever. There's no such thing. Is Yellow not, Labs
1: or Golden Retrievers. They're oh, okay. Two different,
3: uh, I thought it was uh, you could call them a Labrador Retriever. I, I don't know. A I'm a more of a cat. I'm more of a cat guy.
1: Retrieve,
4: retrieve. My door? sister breeds Goldens. I hear about it all the time. Oh, okay. A listener asked if your cat is an indoor and an outdoor cat, or an outdoor cat.
3: Well, they are two cats, and they're both uh, they're both indoor cats, but occasionally they get taken out outdoors with supervision. Really, they're like children. <laughs> see, be, our cat. So you want to ind- play outside? I gotta be there. Our yeah. cat's an
4: indoor cat. We've never tried taking him for a walk. I've always wanted to see what would happen, but I don't think he'd respond
0: very well to it. I saw someone walking a cat the other day. Yeah, it just seems cruel. It looks—it's not cruel. it Just looks very unnatural.
4: I mean, maybe, maybe some cats really like it. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure.
0: Who doesn't like walking with a leash around your neck? Some cats, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you had like an off-leash cat that was just so well trained in the art of walking. You just stroll beside you. That would be cool. They're that called outdoor pretty- cats, aren't they? I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a cat guy. Look at my cat. That's a raccoon, sir. Okay, Moo Cow. Moo Cow, that dog and cat. Um, Laddie, you got anything I for I do us? have one.
1: Well, I feel like A Dog's going to weigh in on this one, though. But uh, what we learned we learned Mario's voice, Super Mario's <sighs> voice for the movie that's coming out. Yeah. Voiced by Chris Pratt. Our first peek at what it sounds like. Take a listen. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come.
0: So someone said that it sounds exactly like the wife from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it sounds like Linda from <laughs> yeah, Bob's Burgers, sure. which it does. And if it
2: didn't yet, it will. Tomorrow <laughs> I'll take you around and show you what this place has to offer. So-
0: okay, hold on. Let's do this again so There's Linda. can hear it. Okay, I wanna, first, I want to play Chris Pratt doing Super Mario. Ready, go. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come stop now i want to hear linda from bob's burgers sure
2: and if it didn't yet it will tomorrow i'll take you around and show you what this place has to offer
0: it's the same voice that's like listening to laddie and adon i can't tell (laughs) the difference yeah yeah they're the same thing it's all you're gonna hear when you watch
1: the movie now so i apologize to everyone
3: hey laddie why is there a wikipedia page for labrador retrievers (laughs) Oh, calling them mm-hmm.
1: out—that's you're, you're, what you were doing the whole time. You were just trying to get back at me while we were going over this. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm just a vindictive made person.
3: Have you not been noticing my? <laughs> maybe Wilson? there's maybe
1: there's a mix. Maybe they breeded oh, them maybe, together oh, with golden, seen, but there's
3: a there's a separate breed called the yellow lab. My my friend had uh, the went through the the, the guide dog. Thing as well and they had Labrador Retrievers and I, I but you sounded so Must sure of a yourself I yeah, Yellow this Wikipedia Labs with a short hair
4: made 10 minutes ago by one Jason <laughs> Yellow Labs with the yeah, short the,
3: hair The, the Labrador the Retriever Wikipedia page is like it's a dog oh, no it's it's it is <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog,
0: stupid. That's all it says.
1: You know how much purebred golden retrievers go for? I don't. A little more than a yellow lab. We'll Literally that.
0: everything that we've talked about with regards to dogs in this segment is a what we learned. I did not know any of this. So this is great. Are you not a dog person either? Uh, yeah, but I just don't know a
3: lot. Don't act like I'm not a dog person. I just got Labrador Retriever right, and we got text into the Dunbar Lumber text line, and as always... They are so polite. Mm -hmm. Here, I'll read this one. Uh, Definitely, it's a Labrador retriever, you morons. That's fair.
0: (laughs) When you let your guard down... And that's the polite one. When we let our guard down and acknowledge that we're really dumb at something, some people are really generous and courteous, and they're like, here, guys, here's a bit of information to help you not be so dumb on the radio. Then there's other people that openly use the opportunity to call us morons, which I respect.
3: I appreciate it. I mean, I I do do the
0: same. It 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 might be one of those things where it's it's like,
1: you know where there's, um, people say literally, but they mean it to be the opposite? They literally went and did this. They changed the definition of literally to mean not literally. I think enough people just started calling them Labrador Retrievers. They just changed it to Labrador. Because on the Wikipedia page, it says, the Labrador Retriever, or simply labrador so i feel like labrador was the original name for it. people just started calling them labrador
0: um on the subject of using literally too often mm-hmm. i've been accused of that and you doing it incorrectly yes and now i've noticed that the boy did it yesterday he told me that he literally turned off the lights upstairs I'm like you did not because they are on you literally did nothing of the sort you did the stop. opposite stop, stop yeah stop using literally okay we're, we're uh moo that Time to go to break. Come back. Uh, NFL locks of the week followed by ask us anything. So it's all on the Halford and Bref show on Sportsnet six fifty.
3: A crash in Surrey is westbound eighty eight at one twenty six where it's down to single lane and his stall is eastbound.
2: Welcome to Kelowna, California,
4: West Coast.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: oh Kelowna, baby. Kelowna best baby, best place baby. in the world right here. Right here. <laughs>
0: Hey, 34 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It's the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Three dealerships to serve you better North Shore Acura, Acura of Langley, and Barrard Acura on Terminal Avenue. That reminds me, i got to send a text to pick up a, my my ride. It's, all, it's it's new car. Are you going
3: to get a 2023 MDX? 2022. 2022. So you're, they're giving you the old model.
0: Uh, it's still 2022, my friend. Okay. I don't know if you know how time
3: works. Uh, but... Do you know how cars work?
0: Yeah, you can't get cars from the future. Yeah, you I can. don't know if you're aware of this or not. Okay? That's just a myth. Mm-hmm. I choose to believe that I've got the most recent model. Anyway, uh, we are also brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet.
3: Campbell-pound.com. today. Cam and Smith, uh, with an Ask Us Anything. Nope. You- Got to do our NFL picks. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we will begin oh.
0: with mine. I'm taking a risk with my NFL lock of the week and that I am locking up Seattle Seahawks. I am going with Geno Smith and the Seahawks plus five and a half going into New Orleans. Now, you might think, why on earth would you pick the Seahawks to go on the road to New Orleans and pull out any sort of result? My answer would be, I don't think the Saints are very good at football. Saints have lost three in a row. They haven't scored more than 25 points in any of those games. Jameis Winston hasn't practiced two days in a row. Michael Thomas hasn't practiced two days in a row. It could be Andy Dalton behind center again. I know they're getting Alvin Kamara back. I don't really understand after, granted, a bad defensive performance, but a tremendous offensive performance. I feel like five and a half for the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week in Geno Smith. I feel like it's a gap that he can close. Make my lock of the week. Seahawks plus five and a half in New Orleans on Sunday. Come on, Locked laddie. Lock the
3: There, there we should so be just, a second at
1: least. Wow, a couple of the come on, laddie already. Yeah. Come on,
3: laddie. Well, I, laddie. I, 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 you know, like you get, you, you see you're so excited about the <laughs> baseball game today that you're a little bit distracted. I'm That's like turning okay.
1: my body to press it in you. Wow.
3: Uh... I am going to take uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus 10 over the Atlanta Falcons and I actually like don't really care. I just want to talk about Tom Brady's personal life. Okay. Did you hear they've uh they've hired um lawyers? Giselle. Have I heard G- that Tom Brady they, they, and
0: Giselle bunch of hired divorce lawyers? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that landed that on came, my radar. That
3: came across your timeline. <laughs> oh God, so there. so my 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 yeah, uh, got my got analysis it. here is is Tom Brady's gonna have like, I don't know, like divorce anger. He's gonna take it out on the Atlanta Falcons, who aren't very good team.
0: I, okay, do you have the Brady audio? I mean, we, I wanted to play this off the top, but I didn't. I'll say this for all the personal strife that Tom Brady may or may not be going through, the man is a soothsayer. He is a predictor of futures. Before that really gross Thursday night football game last night between the Colts and the Broncos, Tom Brady was asked in his weekly press conference, media availability, podium, whatever, why are there so many two-and-two two teams, and what do you make of all the parody in the NFL right now? Tom Brady said this. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of... Yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. So everyone initially, when he said it, they're like, oh, that's kind of a jerk thing to say. Who are you to talk about? Yeah, you, got, you haven't exactly been lights out this yeah, year, Tom. You're one of those two-and-two two teams, Tom. And then the Colts and Broncos went out and did exactly what Brady was talking about. Every bit of that game last night was sloppy.
3: Yeah. You kids like them sloppy. You'll love this game. Like, as, as much as Russell Wilson played badly, and he did, I was watching that game on on both sides of the ball, Colts and Broncos. I'm like, do receivers know how to catch the ball anymore? Do the
0: quarterbacks know how to throw it? Do they
3: know how to protect the ball after they've caught it? Nothing was
0: happening. Matt Ryan's lost ten fumbles this year already. He's only played five games. Yeah, that's that's a that's pretty good. Actually. He's been sacked like 21 times. Yes, he yesterday his line was two interceptions, no mm-hmm. touchdowns, obviously because there were no touchdowns in the game. So no touchdowns, two interceptions, fumble, six sacks, and he was the winning quarterback. Yeah, like it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, if Russ is washed, Ryan is capital W washed.
3: I always think it's an interesting matchup between those two because of they both had their Super Bowl nightmares against Tom Brady and the Patriots.
0: They both, I think, they both been to four Super Bowls or four Super Bowls, four Pro Bowls. Like yeah. they're a, they're. I mean, they're in the the glory days now are
3: gone. They're in the twilight of their careers. But they were both very, very, very good quarterbacks. God, I love that 100%. you're saying that Russell Wilson is in the twilight of his career. Well, it clearly is. I don't yeah. know.
0: This is not just... Like, can, can
3: we handicap the Broncos' chances of actually figuring it out? Oh, I, I think that the Seahawks are in line for a top 10 pick. You think That's so?
0: T- they're terrible. They're terrible. If, and they don't even have a good coach. They yeah. can get them out of this. What if Co- they
3: go out and hire Sean Payton?
0: I think I think it's too late. Yeah. I don't think this is something that you fix. What in about season. if they
3: hire Bruce Boudreaux?
0: Well, that's different. <laughs> Bruce can turn. Bring around, in like, hey, like
3: hey. a Vanny Sartini type that's like
0: ultra positive, you know? Change the vibes. Like, what is your job here with the Denver Broncos? You're like, I'm mostly a vibe check guy. We've got good vibes. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna be all right. Okay, we gotta get to the humanoids. Fire up that dot matrix again, Laddie.
3: Uh, so apologies to Cam and Ladysmith, but here is his question. Would you fellows be up to uh, trade for Zach Cassian to the Canucks for the grit and some skill, possibly Furlan and Dickinson out? Please, Arizona, we'd be very grateful. N- no. Uh, really?
4: Because I, I kind of would, actually. Cassian coming back here
3: would be kind of cool. Well, if it was salary in, salary out, then sure. If I mean, it, I, I, I guess. Just because
4: he would bring something, a forward
3: would bring yeah, that yeah. Furland, we, we sure. don't have.
0: Furlan contract but I don't to think, Arizona. Uh, for Cassian.
3: Why would Arizona do that?
0: Because you got to throw in a sweetener.
3: Yeah, but what's the sweetener going to be, right? Uh,
0: that's the great question. Jason yeah. Dickinson. Just bring back San <laughs> <Danya> too. <laughs> Jason Dickinson's pretty sweet. Bring back we, said, we said sweetener, not sourer. Yeah. Raymond Ballard in the third.
3: I, I do wonder if there's going to be a uh, transaction of some type, like a trade or waiver wire pickup. Uh, Drance and Dollywalt uh, wrote about that in that athletic article. Um, it sounds like it's less likely now than it was maybe a bit ago, just because if you pick up a contract on waivers, then that further complicates the salary cap picture. It's just another contract that you have to somehow, uh, manage. Iron Blair, what I also learned, the NFL really isn't helping the Thursday night football argument, the worst matchups. Well, it should have been a good matchup. Last night, not necessarily the Colts part of it, but Russell Wilson has been on, uh, you know, prime time in the NFL multiple times already this season. And I'm sure Amazon wasn't very pleased with Russ's performance. I'm sure the Broncos weren't very pleased. Like, you could tell that that was supposed to be a big night. Like, Peyton Manning was there. I mean, obviously, John Elway is there. But, like, they made this... The plan at the beginning of the season for that game was clearly much bigger than what happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was,
0: again, one of the worst slash best, but worst in terms of quality. It was amazing. But in terms of quality, one of the worst football games you're going to see. And one of the issues that's been with Thursday Night Football is teams don't usually practice, Mm -hmm. especially if they play on Sunday because it's a short week. That showed. That really showed. And there was a lot of injuries, too, right? Uh the Colts were down to their third-string running back, Phillip Lindsay, who they signed that day off the practice roster. Yeah. You can't expect miracles there. Uh, uh, I got, okay, you got one I got. One. Christian,
3: uh, what we learned. Chris, Hol- Chris and Mission. Christian. Christian. Uh, holy F, just watched the Draymond Green video, and he might be worried about assault charges. Wasn't good. Than having a team to play for. Wasn't we it all good. know how these things change when you actually see them on video. When you hear about an altercation <laughs> at practice and there was even a punch thrown, you're kind of like – you know, imagine it. You know, like there. I, you know, you can't, you can't picture what the practice area looks like. You can't picture how it started. You can't picture what the the person that got punched looks like after the punch. Mm-hmm. This one, Draymond Green goes over to Jordan Pool, walks over in a rather menacing fashion. Jordan Poole shoves him away, kind of like, "Hey, man, get out of my face!" And Draymond Green uh, absolutely unloads a right on him, and Jordan Poole crumples to the ground like the, the, he didn't it's
0: i mean a very accurate portrayal representation like he, of what happened he
3: punched him hard and right on the button
0: uh i got one this everyone needs to answer this one okay this is gonna be a group participation project it's a, would you rather on an ask us anything friday would you rather not be able to have desserts or appetizers for the rest of your lives would you rather not be able to have desserts or appetizers for the rest of your lives. La- uh, Laddie, you no can desserts. begin. No desserts. No I'm not a
1: sweets guy. I'm not a chocolate. I'm not sugary. I'm going with the
4: appetizers. Hey, dog Oh, I am a sweets guy, so I would remove the appetizers. If I can't have my chocolate... I'm not a nice I guy. I nachos
0: for you. I know you're I know you're a I would guy. pick
4: chocolate over nachos
0: 10 out wow. of 10 times. Do you remember when we took Andy out for beers and he finished the evening? That was that gigantic Sunday? Yeah, we had
3: them. He f- didn't he didn't finish the evening. That was halfway through the evening yeah. he ordered. <laughs> he, he is like a kid, is It was great. I will with take sprinkles the on
4: it. And the mini donuts. I'll take the chocolate sundae with the mini donuts, please.
0: Andy, do you still believe in Santa?
3: <laughs> How well, old were you when you why stopped?
0: I? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean believe? What do you mean believe? <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait a minute, it's 844. Some kids might be going to school. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, you. What's the question again? <laughs> Do I believe in Santa Claus? <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you rather not be able to have desserts or appetizers for the rest
3: of your life? Uh, I would rather not have desserts. Well,
0: I'm likewise. I am a yeah. sucker for a good appetizer yeah, bar, bar
3: food for me is my probably my number one vice i used to body by bar food right r- here. R- remember yeah.
0: When, <laughs> yeah bbf uh you remember when is it body by bar anyways too many b's do you B-B-B-F. remember when, yeah. the extra I, B is I, for I, B Y O B? you know what i'm always i'm always wondering <laughs> i haven't been to the keg in forever can you still get escargot at the keg i think so i think so yeah, i think yeah, it yeah. might be off the menu oh okay oh. i used to i always would get it and I it's think it's just because I was a sucker for that's an act. the
3: definition of a Burnaby guy yeah, going and just, being like, "Look at sir, me, I'm fancy, <laughs> sir." The tell escargot. Me,
0: tell me more about the escargot, sir. I'd like to try. You don't it. think I'm fancy? I and ordered he, escargot from the keg
3: the other. Day. And then he told the the joke from Trading Places. Look at that escargot. <laughs> and am I dating just, myself again with movie references? A oh, little man.
0: bit. It would just be this huge puddle of like butter and garlic with like you know. But I but I I, I am a sucker. For all that. You were, you love the, the cheese bread at highs as we continue oh. to relate to the the, the, the That'll les- make les- you les- <laughs> believe in Santa. Right. That's I mean, there are certain signature ones that I go into a restaurant and I can't not order. Mm. And I'm, I'm an appetizer guy. I also have zero sweet tooth. So I'm glad we got the bottom of that. Um, what do we got here? Oh, what we learned. David and Suri. I learned that the NHL regular season starts today in Europe. Yes. We mentioned this off the top. 2 o'clock Eastern. 11 o'clock our time. The NHL regular season gets underway. Points are on the line between the Predators and the Sharks. The Predators, of course, being one of those teams that the Canucks need to overtake to get into the playoffs. So you need to watch this game. This is fundamentally important stuff for that playoff chase.
3: Uh, Ryan and Ladner, what we learned, what I learned is that I really underestimated how much fun. I'd have cheering against Russ this season. That was incredible last night. I am so glad to have so much support uh, yep. in this uh, have a lot. schadenfreude season of Russell. I I didn't even I didn't expect it would be this great, but my whole response to last night was like, people are like, this is the worst football game ever. I can't believe we're being forced to watch this. First of all, you're not being forced. Second of all, it's awesome. I am hanging on every play here. And when it went to fourth and one, Mm -hmm. my eyes lit up because I knew the decision that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be under then. Do you kick the field goal? Mm -hmm. And then people say, you know, like, you had a chance to go for the win and you had a chance to put it in Russell Wilson's hands and, and once again you took the ball away from your star quarterback or do you make the decision that he did do? Do you put it in Russell Wilson's hands and then he did, and then we watched Russ
0: screw it up. Yep, and there was a guy wide open, K.J. Hamler, on that play. Also, he could have ran for the first down. I think when Nathaniel Hackett said— He forced the-
3: that, didn't he? Like, he really forced it.
0: Shannon Sharp, who was watching the game and is obviously a diehard Broncos guy now in media with Skip Bayless, et cetera, et cetera he said Russ clearly made up his mind, probably before the snap, that he was throwing to Cortland Sutton that it wasn't about looking at your reads and your progressions. He's like, and that's what Hackett said in the aftermath too. He's like, look, one of our offensive captains, Russell Wilson was throwing the ball to one of our best players and our other offensive captain, Cortland Sutton. If that's the case, Hamler was right to be slamming his helmet on the ground. And all the people that are pissed off with how that game ended, they're justified in being pissed off. Cause that was not a good, not good execution, not good sequence of events. And again, I don't want to keep belaboring this. This is a team that through five weeks has been pitiful, in the red zone and has gotten no better as the season goes along, that goes to the head coach, which is why I would not be surprised if Hackett's out of a job soon.
3: Uh, Bin's with a, what we learned, and what we learned that start like this are always going to get red. What I learned is Jason was right. There you go. This time about Jake Vertanen. Uh, Bin says that he thought Vertanen was going to be a beast this season. Obviously, I was wrong. Yeah, Jake was. Released from his PTO by the Edmonton Oilers after a few preseason games where, you know, he made a couple plays. He made a nice pass in garbage time on a 2-on-1 against the Canucks in Abbotsford, but just didn't do enough. And at the end of the day, he, he doesn't have a role on a hockey team. He doesn't play special teams. Um... He's not good enough to be in the top six. He's not physical or disruptive enough to be in the bottom six. He's not a great checker. He doesn't score enough. I don't know what's next uh, for Jake Vertanen, but I know that he won't be playing for the Edmonton Oilers this year. Um, I got here's an ask you, is I, got, I got one if you need to,
0: just so you're aware. No, I
3: was going to read this one too. It's another Canucks one. Okay. Um, ask us anything unsigned. What do the Canucks need to get out of their first five games on the road? Five Tr- wins. All shutouts. Road trip to be considered a success. Now, the texture continues, two wins out of five, is that a failure? What if they played well in all five games but still had a 2-3 and three record? Yeah, I'm a big, especially early on in the season, I'm a big process over results guy. If they play well in all five games and they get goalied, like they did last season, right? They got goalied in Detroit. And, Thomas Grice. Um, you know, and, and, and the, oddly enough, I don't think they played as well in, I believe it was Chicago and Seattle, but those are bad teams and they managed to eke out some wins there and they came back three and two. And I was kind of like, yeah, this is like an okay road trip, but I didn't, it was, it was a weird road trip, mm-hmm. but, but I don't think. See, I'm not a big uh, – I'm not also a big believer in these – like, how many points does Petey need in order to have a successful season, right? 100. like, I Just play well. Just be – like, what when you're watching the games, you're like, yeah, that guy's playing well. He's playing you're, really well. You're a well. little bit more of a vibe check guy. You're like, how, how, what's the vibe? Is it a good vibe? Are they
0: playing well? Do the guys seem like they like each other? Is there no, one I just don't think 16?
3: points – I just don't think points is the ultimate – um, decider on how well you're playing and I'm Except kind of when
0: you make the playoffs or not but, but then it does.
3: well yeah obviously yeah, obviously you important. need to get results but if you play well over an 82 game season it, and, and the, you'll make the playoffs you will unless you unless your goalie doesn't play well right you're not going to get goalied in 82 games but I, I I'm kind of like I that's why I liked what JT Miller had to say earlier in the season where he's like yeah it was great that I had 99 points um but I would rather have fewer points and play better in my own end because that's winning hockey. Mm -hmm. Ask
0: us anything unsigned, so it must be from Gary. Are there any radio hosts with unique routines before going on the air? And what is the most unique one you've seen? No one that I've worked with. Um, And I do know that there was one. I won't put uh, his or her name out there, but I do know that their pre-show routine included a long Epsom salt bath soak before the show they
1: did the morning show too not after
0: very because you know you think about soaking in a bath and it's usually to unwind after a long day or yeah to rest your aching muscles this was the pre-show routine it was almost like some sort of crystal cleansing of the system so who's go going fresh not going to say his or her name okay just going to leave it up for uh it's going to be one of those things that exists in the ether but i do remember that one being told and the specific individual told me about this, and I was like, "That's a very interesting routine." Howard, I would never
3: think to do that. Howard Sterns is like a meditation. Really? Yeah. We should do that. I think he's into that. Uh, oh God, was the name uh, transcendental meditation? Okay. You could have uh, said
0: anything right there, and I would have been like, "Yep,
3: that's the one." I think that's what it's called. I think he's into that, where you have like a mantra that you repeat over and over again. Do you do anything? Uh, I get a coffee. Okay, <laughs> I have a full
1: stretching routine that I do before you guys get in. No, you, know, you guys don't. See I do Pilates.
3: It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm down know. here. Yeah, <laughs>
4: he screams into a pillow for thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. just yeah. when I wake up. My do you alarm free goes show off.
0: routine, Andy. No, just deep, heavy sighs. <laughs> 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 Try and lift the unbearable weight of the day off my shoulders. I uh, the only one that I have is I. I don't drink coffee after seven a.m. I, get, I drink a lot of coffee when we start, and then I find that if I keep drinking coffee, I get too jittery, hmm. and I start slurring and tripping over even more words, so I make a conscious effort. 7 a.m. I
4: remember there was one host that used to make his lunch that he would eat during the show at the start of the show. Yeah, Moj. Like he, oh, well, you he dropped the name. I'm not Well, we've that. said it a thousand oh, okay, times okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just covering my
0: bases. He was on this show. Moj yeah, was yeah. great because yeah. the way that Moj He was, was the Epsom salt guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> Busted. A few candles. <laughs>
4: he wasn't actually calling us from the tarmac.
3: It was uh, from that's how he bathtub. makes his uh, jambalaya. <laughs> yeah. You know why? I'm... Do I taste Epsom salts? Oh, my
0: secret ingredient <laughs> revealed. You know why I loved Moj and the, and the lunch thing so great? Was that Moj had been programmed throughout life that 12 p.m. was food time. Like that's when you eat lunch. Nothing was going to interfere <laughs> with that, including being live on the radio. Yeah, you could be like, in the middle
4: of a hit with a guest. He would open up his like bag and take out all this stuff they'd make his
0: lunch with. Because he wouldn't with. make it ahead of time. He wanted to eat it fresh. So he'd have little bottles of vinaigrette and he'd have yeah. seasonings and he would make it all while on the air. It was just incredible.
3: to date myself once again with a movie reference, do you remember in The Breakfast Club when Emilio Estevez has his lunch and yes. he's on the wrestling team so he has to eat a lot? Yeah. And he just keeps on bringing out item after item. Yes. You guys are both staring blank. blank no, over. I I know what you're talking do- no, about. I know the movie. That, yeah. that, was, that was... That's uh, the lunch. So Andy, don't you forget about me. <sighs>
0: so sweet okay we gotta get out of here for a Friday it's been a fun show thank you all for weighing in thank you all for listening thank you all for supporting whatever this is the Halford and Bruff experience I suppose we gotta get out of here for today but here's the thing we will be here on Monday I know it's a holiday but we're gonna come in albeit we're gonna work two thirds of our normal day 7am we will be here to talk about the Canucks NFL Whitecaps everything else it's all right here please join us on Monday Uh, signing off for now I have been Mike Halford he's been Jason Bruff. He's been A Dog, he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on SportsNet 650.